and welcome back to Hey I Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's no one that goes language about. I Track Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, best club in Germany, best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. Follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show, that is at HEFPod on Twitter and Facebook.com slash HEFPod. So today, we're actually, uh, I was able to get an interview in with Eva Lodopola of the Zweite Bundesliga podcast, the only podcast covering the Zweite Liga, the German second division, in English. So without further ado, we'll hand it over to that interview. Hi, (laughs) warm welcome from Germany. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good to hear, considering uh, how far north Bielefeld is, but, you know, German summers, I can only imagine things are quite nice. Yeah, it's actually up to 30 degrees uh, in mid of September. That's quite hot uh, still for Germany. And the well, we call it already like early autumn, late summer. So beautiful weather today, but a bit weird as well. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, I can imagine, especially when you when there's like air conditioning provided in uh, most uh, locations that uh, it can get uh, just a little warm. You got to throw the windows up and just to catch a breeze. <laughs> yeah, well, air conditioning in Germany is always a <laughs> weird topic. We don't have that as much as uh, as the U.S. does. So, um, yeah, it's always a bit different to, to other states, I think. <laughs> So, Armina Bielefeld. Last time that uh, the Eintracht faced off against Bielefeld was the quarterfinals of the 16-17 DFA Pro Cup. But the last time that they were involved in the Bundesliga was the 2008-2009 season. Uh, Bielefeld getting relegated and have since uh, done a little bouncing around and have and then establishing themselves in the second division. Ava. Um, it's kind of an interesting fact that one of the players who has been your kind of the current captain, your leading goal scorer, Fabian Klaus, has been a part of uh, your club makeup for, this is going to be his uh, 10th season uh, with Amina Bielefeld, and at age 32, the man just hey, knows how to find the back of the net. He seems to have been the key cog for why Bielefeld got promoted during probably one of the weirdest seasons in uh, living memory. Yeah, um, he it's actually quite interesting. He came to Bielefeld in, as you've mentioned, uh, nearly 10 years ago when we were more on the verge to the Regionalliga than to ever going back to the Bundesliga or even Zweite Liga. So not only table-wise, but financially as well. Very bad situation. And um, Klose has a very interesting past as well. So he grew up in a town called Gifhorn, which is in Lower Saxony, and didn't make it to, well, you could say a bigger club um, until his his early 20s, which was um, VfL Wolfsburg, second team. Um, and he played there and then came to Bielefeld in their Dritte Liga uh, season. And, well, he has been in, at the club since. He got some offers in the meantime because uh, there were always times when, well, he and the head coach at that time didn't really go along quite well. Um, but since three years, it's quite clear for him that he wanted to stay at the club, even if there are ups and downs. And um, a lot of Bielefeld fans are quite happy that now he has his first Bundesliga season with um, 
32, but you have to say that he's actually quite fit for his age. So uh, last season was, as you mentioned, one of his uh, best seasons so far at, at at the club. I wouldn't say he is the only one um, responsible for for being promoted um, because, well, the whole team really ma- made the mix for for clauses. For example, that they got in Marcel Hartel, who really uh, mixed things up a bit. But in in general, well, he's a very important role. He is the the captain. He always finds. Uh, Good words. He had some clash with the with the ultra groups and the local fan groups as well. But he always finds his way back. And um, although he doesn't want the statue, um, he will get some kind of honorable memory. I think. Oh, that's always uh, it's always good when uh, good performances are rewarded by the love of the fans. And I look at Fabrenkos with his long term uh, relationship with the club and the fact that he has had, you know, basically led the team in goal scoring ever since he uh, came to the club. I think that's kind of something to, I mean, that exemplifies to me uh, club legendary status uh, in my book. Um, Let's take a look at some of the other players. Like, um, this is a makeup of a team that, you know, is built to be a good Zweite Bundesliga side, and I'm kind of wondering... How much of this is down to the club, uh, how the club was built, or is it really down to Uwe Newhouse, who really kind of was able to pull everyone together and then voila, you get promoted. I don't seem to recall Bielefeld being seen as the kind of leaders for promotion in the way that Stuttgart and Hamburg, you know, or Hanover, the kind of, quote, bigger clubs you know, who are currently residing in last year's Svitalika. I'm just kind of looking at that and thinking, <laughs> I don't think Bielefeld was that fancy. Now, I think it really helped them out not being fancy that uh, they were able to earn promotion. Well, um, they were being fancied in a way that they're um, so as bad as the, the Hinrunde in the season 2018-19 was, um, still under head coach Jess Ibena, but as soon as they got Uwe Neuers in, so he has been at the club since December 2018, um, they were the best um, Zweite Liga team in, in 2019. They were, until yesterday, unbeaten in 2020 um, in counting matches. Um, so... Some some coaches already had them as like a dark horse for promotion uh, before the 2019-2020 season. But as you've mentioned, the pressure that is at clubs like Stuttgart and Hamburg and Hanover and Nuremberg um, isn't really at Bielefeld. So um, what a lot of people thought before the season, this is probably not the year to be promoted in a way that there are four clubs you would normally put above them. Um, but at the same time, um, they said after after the Rückrunde in 2019, um, there's definitely potential. Um, and while well, the first two games weren't that good, but as soon as they kind of got things together, you could see very early on this might be the year to get promoted. And if you if you look at at it in the end, I mean, I think it's 10 points to Stuttgart, then it's 13 points to Heidenheim that, of course, uh, got beaten by Bremen away goals in the relegation playoff games. 
but really, really impressive performance. And I think it has something to do with um, Uvenaya's way of playing, of course. He, he normally always plays like a 4-3-3 or something similar. So at least the back fours were always established. And he's someone who always is keen to keep the um, yeah, starting 11 as yeah normally as close as possible. So not a lot of change, which is quite difficult for other players, of course, to come in. But I think something that he really established back in the club was the team spirit. And you could really see that on the on off the pitch. And um, I think it's a mixture, uh, mixture between old and young players. So, for example, you you have a Fabian close on top um or at at the top with uh with 32 years but at the same time you have someone with 22 years with Amos Pipa who plays your 21 national team and uh, came from Dortmund's uh, second team nobody really knew him and like with a snap he he was just building the in the team and i think that's something Uvenoyos is really good at um but of course for Bielefeld it was always clear that they can't spend too much money um there was a time they really I mentioned it before financially really really dark times in 2017 they were needed bankrupt until the Bündnis Ostwestfalen so a group of local businesses came together and said okay we're going to help you get back on their feet but it's not like in at RB Leipzig or Bayer Leverkusen or VfL uh, VfL Wolfsburg that you have someone behind you that always gives you money say okay here's 10 million spend it as you want it that's not how they work um, but they kind of saved it but at the same time that was uh, Sami Arabi said so um, a sport manager for the Klasnerhals for staying in the league we're not going to yeah, I don't know give away 10 million euros and then be bankrupt and get relegated and we have to start at zero and that's why the Bundesliga, that's not going to happen. Um, and that's why what is missing from this team is Bundesliga experience. So we only have Marcel Harter, who played a couple of games for Cologne in the Bundesliga. Sven Chiplock, I'm sure that guy doesn't need any introduction. And um, while well, Sergio Cordova, who's on loan from, from FC Augsburg, but that's something that is being missed. And after the game yesterday in the Pokal, where we lost 1-0 to RW Essen, so from the Regionalliga, there are some questions open whether um, we need more players to actually have the depth to to survive next year. Uh, I can't. I kind of wanted to skirt over that because I figured, you know, why re- why dig my finger deep into an already pretty open wound? <laughs> but one one of the uh, one of the players who I find interesting that you guys are adding is Ritsu Doan on loan from PSV Eindhoven. Um, is that is he kind of seen as one of the kind of main sign is that it's going to be kind of a make or break in terms of giving you the attacking power, like adding to a very established Zweite Bundesliga side that, hey, uh, if Darmstadt can bloody well, you know, survive, then I don't see why a Bielefeld can't survive, especially when you have a Schalke Nofia, who is absolutely <laughs> dog. Uh, 
and uh, and more, obviously, uh, within the Bundesliga itself. Um, I'm actually kind of optimistic for you guys. Um, I am kind of scratching my head and wondering on one of the losses that you guys had. Uh, Jonathan Klaus uh, went out to went to France, the right back. Just kind of scratching my head and wondering uh, what what happened there because you would have thought that. Uh, guy like him would have valued getting into the Bundesliga, or is this something that had been done so far in advance that there really was no way to kind of come back, because you guys were sitting at the top of the Zweite Liga for a very long time, I was kind of wondering why he decided to uh, go to league. Uh, but then again, you know, he happened to see the field when uh, they beat PSV at PSG, so, you know, I mean, that's a memorable kind of thing that he can put on his head, but I'm just kind of wondering what what went what happened there to such a uh, player who was key to your promotion push. Well, I can tell you that a lot of BFF fans were wondering that as well. I think um, around May um, it got announced that he's going to Lyon. So he's originally from uh, Strasbourg, I think, but from like French family. Um, Although he kind of has a German name, but he he's from uh, he's French, and although he's quite young for saying I want to play in my well home country, which I think with twenty five is quite bold thing to say. Um, then change or also going to league. Uh, I think it's an interesting league, but to be honest, still think that the Bundesliga is a bit better. And he actually wasn't on the on the pitch or on the field for the PSG game. He was a substitute for the whole 90 minutes, didn't play a minute. Um, yeah, a lot of people were, were very sad about him leaving because he is an extraordinary player. He actually came out of um, being jobless um, in a Dritte Liga side in, in France. Um, and if you look at what he's doing now, he came to Bielefeld originally as a right back, but he's more of a well, right wing player in a more fence, um, more to offensive way. So that was very sad that he left. And I actually got two replacements for him. First is uh, Christian Gebauer, an Austrian player who's quite um, quite fast. He's actually called the, I think, the Austrian Eugen Bold or something like that because he's he's pretty fast, but he doesn't have the um, well the skills on the ball that that Klaus had. He was quite good as a goal scorer as well. It's beautiful goals by him. Um, and then Doan, as you've mentioned, I think Neuhaus wants him to play on the eighth position, so that's number on his back as well, but he says he wants to play right wing. Mm. So he played yesterday, um, thought he was a bit unlucky because um, he got fouled a lot of times and at some stage you can't really take that anymore. Might be... Not in starting 11 for uh, Saturday, might be a Gebauer and Sepp, but I do not know. Um, so yeah, really, really uh, yeah, bad that he left because um, he's probably one who could easily 
one challenge some Bundesliga defenses more than other players in the team do. Yeah. One thing that I'm kind of looking to see from Bielefeld is now uh, this first match is going to be Eintracht uh, at home with 6,500 fans who are going to be allowed into the stadium. Is there a current plan at Bielefeld to be allowing uh, fans into the stadium for the first match of the season, or is that still kind of hanging up in the air at present time? So, actually, this is uh, quite funny that you've mentioned that, because just like half an hour ago, mm. um, the so the, the county, so like Northern Australia and stuff, they um, said that offense are allowed back in the stadium on the weekend. It's going to be a six-week trial phase, you could say, test phase, you could say, um, and up to 20% of the capacity normally can be used. So before that, in, of course, every Bundesland had her, their own rules. In Bavaria, no fan was um, allowed whatsoever at the same time in the east of Germany. So uh, Sachsen, Anhalt, Sachsen, so Saxony, um we had 30 i think 10,000 to uh, 13,000 fans at Dresden yesterday 10,000 fans at or 7,000 fans at Rostock so that was a bit unfair and in um North Rhine-Westphalia you had 300 um and it wasn't well it also that way that every city kind of looks at how high the yeah, well, how many people are um, infected at the moment or in the last two weeks? But well, um, for example, for Cologne, it's nine thousand two hundred fans that are allowed back in the stadium. For Bielefeld, it would be something around two thousand six hundred, five thousand two hundred, something around that. So around five thousand. Um, didn't see actually a PR statement of Bielefeld yet, but it would be. Although I'm not going into the stadium, but it would be huge for them because imagine being back in the Bundesliga for the first time in 11 years and then don't have the support of your fans, which can be very crucial for staying in the league, I think. Um, so at least, although I'm not going, I, can, I do understand every fan that wants to go. But at the same time, if you look at the scenes yesterday in Dresden, where people didn't really cut the distance, people weren't, if they were standing close to each other, they weren't wearing masks and stuff. So I think for once you have to applaud um, the country in that matter that they want to, um, yeah, that they... Um, just just want to establish some way that it's um yeah fair for everyone and that they want to have like this test phase that you can see how it works, how people are behaving of course. Um but huge for the clubs, especially money wise. That being said, with uh the stadium which has uh been sold and um, you know, a modest twenty six and a half thousand seater, I mean have uh in the kind of knowing that you know everyone's not gonna be able to to get into the stadium at least full capacity probably for still quite some time it has um the kind of ticket push been enough that the uh, once the stadiums are kind of fully open that uh the Bielefeld Alm, I think is how it uh, is uh, uh pronounced. 
will that be, I mean, is it going to be kind of rocking atmosphere once, you know, everything is back to normal? As a season ticket holder, I'm, you can obviously speak to what it's like when uh, the stadium's full and for the big matches. Yeah, well, it would have been crowded and very loud, but um, I think in all of Germany except Leipzig, of course, the ultras are not going to the matches, so you don't have an organized support. Um, that's something many, many fans still are really happy about, but I think if you really watch the games and you can see how difficult they find it to always find the right tone in the situations. Um, but at the same time, I'm not a huge fan of only the home teams are allowed fans in because, for example, um, everyone knows how, how huge of a role the, the Eintracht fans played for Frankfurt mm. in the Europa League, especially at home. Um, with them, they won games that otherwise wouldn't have been won, I think. We can all agree on that. Um, and now imagine being back for the first time in the Bundesliga and then the first game is in a way match. You have a game in your back that went totally wrong. So just to quote uh, the club officials in Klaus and Neuhaus, so Neuhaus said that um, it was a tragedy and um, he can't explain that and it was a disgrace. And Klaus said it was, uh, so so the first half was an F and the second half was maybe an E minus. So um, with that in your mind, it doesn't help that your first game was away in the Pokal and your first game in the Bundesliga is away at Eintracht Frankfurt. We don't speak, no offense to Augsburg and Mainz and stuff, but I think it, it does play or it, it is a difference that you go to Frankfurt and still without the ultras being there, it will be very loud. And that's very, very difficult, I think, for... I, I know it shouldn't bother anyone, but I think it's something even worse than the, the Geisterspiele. Because now you have... So the Geisterspiele, it was silence for both teams. And now you have one team always in advance. Of course, for Bielefeld, it will be the same. But at the same time, it always depends on what your health department has. So you don't have the fairness there. It's going to be very, very tough, um, and it doesn't help that we had a bad start yesterday either. Yeah, but then again, you can make a deep run in many competitions and also be bounced out of the first round of the Pokal. Uh, case in point, the Iron Track just a season ago, well, we lost to Ulm, and, you know, we made it to South Wales in the Bundesliga, and also the semifinal of the Europa Pokal, so... You know, hey, you know, perhaps you guys have seventh place, you know, possibly one of the best positions that you guys have ever been in the Bundesliga uh, on the cards. I mean, you know, one can dream, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you that you're so optimistic about this. I am not. (laughs) So that being said, what is your optimism for Bielefeld in the Bundesliga this season? Well, I think it really depends on how the first 10 matches play out. It's going to be tough. So, first of all, obviously, we uh, play you on Saturday. Um, might be a bit lucky because uh, Paciencia just went to Schalke. So, there will be some new order in, That's in a little, the start. It's, trust me, that wound is pretty raw right now. 
<laughs> you have, but at least you have Cologne and Bremen to start things off. Yeah, I, and ex- I expect points to be earned in the first yeah, three matches. Well, the thing is, um, <laughs> the first three home matches are against Cologne, okay, points taken, but then it's Dortmund and Bayern. <laughs> And that's mm-hmm. going to be quite tough um, because let's let's be honest, don't expect points out of those two games. Then Leverkusen is in that mix as well. So those are three games we won't get any points of. Where we have to get points of are definitely Köln and Bremen. Uh, Union should be well, all in those first ten matches should be one way to get points as well. Definitely can't say about Frankfurt um, and Wolfsburg. Those are always the teams I I can't really decide on um, in in which way the season will go. And they have very weird matches as well. I think you can agree on that, that for for Frankfurt you will never know. They can beat um, Bayern in one week and then lose to, I don't know, Augsburg the next week. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really difficult. I hope, I hope that somehow, um, this was a, like a warning sign yesterday that they have to work. Nothing will come easy in the Bundesliga. And then I do hope we stay in the league, but I can't really tell because for, for me, normally Augsburg and Mainz are in the mix for, Relegation this year. Don't know about Stuttgart. They have a lot of players injured. Um, one of their key players being Nicolas Gonzalez. So that might be quite good for us. But as I said, I can't, I can't say, um, I leave that to people who are, have more clues or have more of a death wish <laughs> to kind of uh, predict how the season will end. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm, I will say, uh, when you do get to the patch after the first nine matches, if you've got a, a modest amount of points, a nice amount of points, you do have Mainz, Freiburg, Augsburg, and Schalke, all four in a row, uh, right before we go into the, uh, right before we go into the, uh, Christmas, the winter pause. So if you guys are able to end uh, the Hinrunda in those four matches and get a fair number of points. I mean, then again, you know, survival. This is just me. Uh, I think you guys will be uh, well good for survival. I keep on thinking that this is the year that Mainz is going to go down, but I'm blindly optimistic in that every <laughs> single season. I think Cologne is going to be fighting against relegation myself. Um, Union, I don't think that they're going to be relegated. I think they're going to solidify themselves more and more in the middle of the pack. Augsburg, I mean, take your pick. It's like, for <laughs> for me, they definitely <laughs> are going down. Uh, another team that's also in that same shit, uh, shit box is uh, Werder Bremen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they really Did haven't you? made any moves. Schalke, if, look, if Schalke continues the way that they played in the Rook Runda, where they couldn't get a win in their last 16 Bundesliga matches. I mean, that's the kind of... If they didn't have a good start, they would have. <laughs> they You would have switch-swapped. Oh, yeah, that, that's <laughs> very thing. true. But there's, I do think that the solidity of your team, keeping basically the entire squad together, just adding one or two players, you got a good cohesiveness. 
I think that you guys have a chance at survival, and like I said, you Augsburg's, Mainz, Bremen's, and Schalke's, and even Freiburg, because the way that they they just made every single oppor- uh, attempt on goal, seeing that it, every single one went in, which which is a ridiculous amount of efficiency, just to be honest. I think that they will also kind of fall back towards a relegation fight. I think you guys have at least you guys have a ch- have a fighting chance, and that's all that you're asking for. I think. Well, I think one huge problem that, of course, all clubs have, but especially clubs that will fight uh, for for survival in the end, is that you don't really have a real winter break. So we're not through with the Hinrunde until uh, Christmas. And then the season resumes or um, on, on, I think, January 4th. So you don't really have the opportunity to, to book like a trainings camp as it is normally the case. Um, and I think that is something, especially if you want to bring in new players at halftime, uh, mm-hmm. something that can be a huge disadvantage. Um, and I think something that is more important than ever is the depth of a, of a squad. Um, and, even I think at this stage, Bayern München, who were we still not sure about whether Thiago and David Alaba are going to stay. Um, and then you have the case Perisic is gone, and then an Adrian Fine who has been at HSV played one very good Hinrunde, very bad Rückrunde, is the backup. Um, that's something that a lot of teams have to worry about this year. And, well, this year, if you have, for example, look at Bremen, if they have the same amount of injuries as they had last year, they don't have really, they don't really have the opportunity to go up again in that way, because you don't have a two month or one and a half month break where you can recover from that in any way. It will be with, like, midterm fixtures and, um, only one and a half week break, between uh, the years, that's not a lot. And I think more than ever, the fitness of players is a key factor. And that, for example, is something Bielefeld is quite well organized. They have a very good fitness coach, something that at uh, Bremen isn't the case. That what Florian Kohlfeld said. A lot of, you can look it up, a lot of... Um, um, uh, teams now changed fitness coaches and like health um, inspectors and stuff that changed a lot this season. So you can see that a lot of them are really going from the fitness strength to to really assure that you don't have halfway through the season you only have ten players to pick for for your starting eleven. So I think this is um, what every team is really afraid of this season, and maybe even the bigger clubs like Borussia Dortmund and Bayern München. Indeed. All right. Uh, prediction time. Need to lay it on the line. What are you expecting uh, for this weekend? What are you expecting on Saturday between Eintracht and Bielefeld? Um, <laughs> um, I have to be realistic, right? There's not a wish, wishing... Um, Time. Um, as sad as I am, I'm going to say 2 1 for Frankfurt. Shoot, that was the kind of result that I was hoping for. Uh, well, 
I've been pretty optimistic on on track record changes versus Bielefeld. I'm thinking, whew, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one better two nil to the Eintracht. I think uh, is a a reasonable prediction. So, Eva, it's been great having you on the podcast. Uh, where can we find you on social media, and what kind of projects are you involved with that we can highlight attention to? So, uh, as you mentioned, it's the Zweite Bundesliga podcast. Um, I'm very bad at this, so I'm just going to give you the Twitter handle. It's at Zwei Bundesliga pod. Um, so if you ever want to, um, yeah, get into the mix of beautiful Zweite Bundesliga uh, football, here we go. And, um, if you want to follow <laughs> me on Twitter, it's at Lotti Bohle. Um, well, um, I'm happy for new followers, even <laughs> probably it will be shit talk in Armenia a lot. So have fun with that. <laughs> Alrighty, and folks, th- give her a follow. Uh, she's got some good insight on the Zweite Bundesliga. And you know what? It is one of the more entertaining leagues that you could ever ask for because, like she said, no one was figuring that BFL would get promoted. And yet here they are, you know. It's a pretty interesting uh, follow. Uh, here's just hoping that the Eintracht doesn't fall into that void because uh, <laughs> I don't think I really want to have to go through that all over again. Uh, it's bad enough having to do that once. Anyways, Ava, uh, it's been great having you on the podcast. Uh, take care in the meantime, and best of luck to Bielefeld in your remaining 32 matches not involving the Eintracht. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good luck to yourself. <laughs>